church leadership and also being serving in the house is that people go become a teenager and they go, oh, I've been doing it for a while. Oh, I've been there, done that. Oh, it's someone else's turn. Oh, when did your turn finish? It's the thing is that your, your responsibility or your role may vary and change, but the, still thing is that the main thing is that you're still serving because that keeps you humble. When I go to my parents' house, when they, my mum asks me, Joel, go and, get some, go and get a cup of tea for Dad. I'm like, hey, hey, Mum, I've left the house. I've left the house. You know that jandal? That comes pretty fast. So the thing is that when I, when I listen to that, I, I'm under the house, I'm actually going, actually, I acknowledge the fact I honor my mum and dad, and I'm going to go and serve. So I get a cup of tea. Daddy, you want to win? No, no, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm okay. So it's important that actually part of that is actually being part of the house is actually serving in the house. Okay? And if you're part of the whānau, then be part of the whānau. When you go to a morai, when you go there, everyone's involved. It doesn't matter if you come from somewhere else. Oh, where are you from, boy? No, you, you're serving. Get, here's a tea towel. Get in the kitchen. I didn't even know. Just get in the kitchen. Because we're doing this together. Because what happens in church life, and this is a pet peeve for me, to be honest, is that people go, oh, I feel like no one, I feel disconnected. Who's heard that before? I feel disconnected. Oh, because I never saw you anyway. We invited you to the beach ship, but you didn't show up. I'm just being real. We invited you to be part of an event, but you didn't put your name up. So I'm just saying, because sometimes we make it all churchy and we go, oh, but Joe, God's got to pray about it and all that. Just put your name up. But the thing is that we're doing this together. And that's whānau, that's family, that's the church of God. And it saddens me when people go, it's not my thing. Wow, what did you sign up for? Honestly, this is, everyone's engaged, everyone's doing this together. We're walking side by side, joining together. So when you have a bad day, we're there for you. When you have a great day, we're there for you. When you're in the kitchen doing the dishes, you're side by side with someone. Hey, bro, I want to we do this. Can I pray for you? Yes, please. You know, all that stuff happens when we're together. So please don't isolate yourself. We're putting this as an invitation for you. Also Sunday service. When we come to a Sunday service, if you see that these people are busy, are busy in the kitchen, just say, hey, can I help out as well? Jump behind there. You don't need an invitation. You don't need a porphyry to go behind there. People act like you need a porphyry to get behind the kitchen. Just get behind the kitchen and do the dishes, man. You're going to get someone with the wedding and come and do the... I'm just being real because sometimes we just... We're whānau. If you're whānau, you can use our toilet paper. It's funny, then you can't do the dishes. All that stuff. I'm just saying, all this stuff is, is free for your use until you're finished. It's free. Did you, did you know if you're part of this church whānau, you can use this building for free? Did you know that? Everyone's going, oh, tell me more. <laughs> tell me more. My 21st is coming up. Okay, it's free for anyone that's part of this church whānau. And I'm telling you all now because a lot of church whānau don't know that. Free for your use. We do expect a koha. And it could be $20, because we're not going to go, oh, 20 bucks. Wow, last time we're letting them use the building. <laughs> we're not going to do that. We're not like that. Man, what we're going to do is that we'll find it. If they can only afford 20 bucks, it's all good. I don't even see it. Michelle sees all that stuff. But the thing is that it's used for you to use for free. So all we're doing is saying, 
Be part of this. Be part of the journey. Don't use our stuff for free and then go and, go and do something else over there. Be part of the journey with us. But let me say this to you. If you want to book in the building, don't inbox me on Facebook. Oh, Joe, can we use the building? I'm not the administrator. You've got to talk to Michelle. Oh, yeah. And Michelle, right there. And Michelle will either say yes or no. And some people don't like the no. Okay, but it's okay because we work through that. We work out if it's available because sometimes the no is because it's not available because uh, another outside group have booked it in. But other than that, you can use the building for free. We, all we need is a koha. All we need is you to clean up after yourself. Also, replenish the toilet paper. If you go down, toilet pack, $3. That's, it's all free. I'm just saying practical things that we don't know. Also, we have white chairs, which are plastic white chairs. At the back there, we started off for 150. I think we only got 50. <laughs> so generous, Joe, so generous. <laughs> but the thing is that when we lend those out, they're free for you to use if you're part of this church whanau. But what we expect you to do is steward it well. Don't come back and we had four legs, now three legs. It's only 10 bucks to go and buy another one. <laughs> I'm just being straight up because that's how we roll as a family. Okay? Um, and also when we come, we've got tents here. We've got marquees. You can use those. Okay? You can use them. What else? Tables, eh? Trestle tables. You can use those. But it doesn't mean you walk in on Sunday. Oh, come out and you're you know, carrying. Oh, Joe, I got this, bro. I'll bring it back next week. No, no, no. There's a system. There's a process. Because someone else probably booked it for their party. So what we say is go and talk to our administrator, who's actually a nice person. And she, all she does is working through a process that we've actually put in place. So don't be a hater and go, oh, Michelle's so bad. She told me that I can't use the marquee. No, because someone else booked it. That's why. And if you ask the question, that's why. Because Michelle gets bagged sometimes. We go, oh, man, I went down and the administrator said that we're not allowed to use it. That's because of community group. You know how many community groups use our stuff? There's heaps. And so we've got to make sure if it's available, you use it. But at the same time, you break it, you pay for it. Don't do those ones and come back. Oh, Joe, that was already broken. That leg wasn't there when I put it up. So we just put a table leg there. That's still, that'll work. Don't do those ones, okay? We'll find out, we'll talk about it, um, and we work those things through. Cool. I'm just putting it out there because some of you don't even know that this building's use for you, okay? You put the, you put the koha in, tithes and offerings goes to the building, or tithes goes to pay. Offerings goes to the administration of this building. So you have invested into it. If you're not investing into it, you've got to take that one before the Lord. But the thing is that it's important. You understand that this is all for free. You can use it. If you look down the list and you ring up and you go, who are you again? It's because we haven't seen you around the whanau. Okay? So a whanau doesn't mean you come only two times a year. You've got to be part of what we do. Okay? So I'm just putting it out That's for free this morning. Take it or leave it as you want it. Uh, but I'm just being upfront about what we do here. Okay? So all that stuff. But make sure, please communicate to Michelle, email. Uh, please keep it Christian, Christian-like, okay, in your typing. But also communicate it. Because some th- sometimes through the process, you're going through someone else, and that someone else goes, oh, this is the, this is the winner. Hey, Joe, 
my auntie's next door neighbor wants to use the tent. I didn't even know your auntie's next door neighbor. It's church whanau. If they're part of this church family, they can use it. Don't tell them come and try and hire stuff for your, um, for your next door neighbor's sister's brother's girlfriend. Okay? It's all about church whanau because we've got to look after these people here who have invested um, their money and their time into actually putting this together. Cool? Sweet? Any questions? Let me know and I can answer them. Or if you want to book stuff, just let Michelle know. Man, this week's going to be busy, Michelle. Or just say no. <laughs> okay. So that's how we roll. So all those things are there. Uh, there's things that we can't um, give out to you. For example, don't just help yourself to the tables and the cafe chairs. Okay. Um, because um, some of that stuff, they get, like, for example, the green couch in the back area. I don't want people to be carrying it away <laughs> on Sunday. Joe, we'll bring this back next week. We're just doing something at home. Um, those things can't go. These chairs can't go out, okay, because if they get wet, it's going to cost us a lot to replace them. So the plastic chairs, the marquees, we've got two of those marquees. One of them broke. But no, it's fixable. We'll actually do it. Um, and then also at the same time, the marquees, chairs, and tables, trestle tables, okay? But make sure you look after the short well and then bring it back. Is that cool? All good? Everyone's still alive? Okay, some final business. Okay, open your Bibles this morning. Sorry about this, guys. We're starting a series, and I'm sure the, the guys who are going to be preaching in the next three weeks are going to be uh, going to do an awesome job. Uh, so we're starting our new series called Kānui Kita Kānui, face-to-face, our relationship with God. I was going to go into this stuff, but looking at the time, we won't have time to go into details. But the great thing is that we've got some great, speakers over the next few weeks they're going to cover some things but i want you to go to john 3 and we'll just go through this quickly and i'm just going to give you some gold to take home with you from the word of god okay john 3 verse 1 and it says now there was a man of the pharisees named nicodemus everyone say nicodemus a ruler of the Jews, the man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old, can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. Everyone say born again. So we're talking about this whole thing of being born again. At the same time, have a relationship with Christ. We start in the garden, the garden story of God in Genesis, where Adam, the first Adam, the Bible says, refers to him as the first Adam, um, and Eve in the garden, and obviously sin got on the way, and it separated them from God. Are we with me? And what happened is that later on, the second Adam, which we see in the Bible, whose name was Jesus, the Son of God, was sent 
to redeem that process, to mend a relationship that was broken between mankind, humankind, and God. Cool. And the only way that that can actually be mended is through Jesus. Because many years in the Old Testament, what they did was burn offerings, uh, give praise to God through his different sacrifices. All that stuff they did in the Old Testament wasn't good enough. And so God, the only way God said is that he so loved the world, John 3.16. He so loved it. He loved the world. We hear this early on, that he gave his only son. And we know his name was Jesus. So that people will not perish but have eternal life through him. Pretty cool, eh? So we're separated from God. We come into relationship because of what Jesus has done. But the thing is that many of us, we live our lives not acknowledging that because the relationship starts with an acknowledgement, a recognition that, man, I can't save myself. Only God can save me. So you see this man here. So this is kind of Nicodemus. He was a Pharisee. He was part of the Sanhedrin. He was on that council, which made all the decisions. Sanhedrin were made of Pharisees, Sadducees. Um, there were rich people in there who brought their way into um, the actual council called the Sanhedrin. And they made pretty much told everyone what to do. They were the governments of that time under the Roman Empire. So remember, the Roman Empire was ruling over the Jewish people. And so under them was a council made of the most religious, most successful in terms of knowledge people called the Sanhedrin, which were made of Pharisees and Sadducees and some other, some other people in there. And you're probably thinking, what's this Pharisee? The Pharisee was one that had knowledge of the Word, knowledge of the Torah, which was the book given to um, the Israelites. They were middle-class citizens. They believed in the resurrection. They had a belief in the afterlife. So Sadducees never believed in afterlife. So Sadducees actually didn't believe that you could die and go somewhere else. But the Pharisees had a knowledge of maybe you can die and then there's something else after that. And so Nicodemus was a Pharisee. So you can understand he was well-known because the Bible tells us when we start reading this, that he was a teacher of the law. So he wasn't, he wasn't just a teacher. He was the teacher. So he was the man. So um, every time you, there's always someone that's like you go to and you go, man, that, that person there is the best of the best. If you're thinking about um, your career or a business person or a person that's in education, you think of one particular person and you go, I want to, they're the pinnacle of that sphere. And so for Nicodemus, he was the pinnacle. Everyone wanted to be like he was the knower. He knew everything about what the law meant, how it actually translated for today, and he actually outworked that. So people understood that and came to him for answers. But this is amazing. That the guy that knew everything didn't know everything. And the crazy thing about this we read in the text is that at night, by night, because he was well known. So he didn't want to be recognized. Oh, where's he going? Oh, he's going to go and have, he's going to go and sup with Jesus. He's going to go and have communion with Jesus. Now, because remember Jesus, everyone was Sadducees, Pharisees were anti-Jesus. So anyone caught in his vicinity or actually in relationship with him were actually looked down upon or actually because they were trying to frame him. Remember? And so what happened was Nicodemus knew that. So the only way to get around that is actually go, okay, 
I'll just do this on the slide. I know everything, but I want to know more because it's Jesus. These, these doing things I've never seen before. I've never understood. Well, how can he do this? And he gets by night. He goes and meets with Jesus and has this full-on conversation with Jesus. Then Jesus from there outlines some of the things. And then Nicodemus mentions that, man, how can he be born again? You can't go back into your mother's womb. You can't do that. But then he realizes that, no, that was a birth in flesh. But what you've got to do is being born again in the Spirit. And it's hard to comprehend sometimes. People are going, how do you do that? Well, it's only through recognizing Jesus as Savior that we come into that understanding that we can be born again. If your Bible's to, if you keep your, um, your highlighter or your pen or your, your mark on that, John 3, and turn your Bibles to Ezekiel. Uh, some theologians or some people have actually debated the whole text and said, oh, does that mean you have to be water baptized and, and then you acknowledge no repentance and then water baptism that make you saved? It doesn't mean that at all. Now, when you come to know Jesus and you repent, that relationship is established in that declaration before God. When you recognize that Jesus is Savior and Lord of your life, that's it. Because salvation is the first process, and the next part of it is in obedience to God, there are things that we outwork in our lives. For example, water baptism. A week ago, we had three young people who got water baptized. That didn't determine their salvation. What it determined is their obedience. Well, actually, they said, that actually, I want to do this because I want to follow the things that Jesus did. And so what they did was say that I actually, when I, when I go into the water, I die to my old life. And when I come again, I'm born into the new life in Christ. It's like a death and resurrection. That's the sign that actually establishes. And last week, three of those young people said, I'm going to die to my old life and come alive in Christ because I really want to be obedient. And some of you parents are probably going, well, they're still working on that. That's, that's the process of God. That's the awesome thing of God. On this journey, which is a narrow road, the great thing is that it's sanctification. That's the journey that we have with God. Where he's trying to, and us, he's actually working on us. He's changing us. He's transforming us from the inside out. And that's the beauty of this relationship we have with him. Ezekiel, um, if you've got your Bible, Ezekiel 36. The reason why I mention that is that sometimes we, we, we take the, the context of what's happening in the story and we take it out of context based on our current situation. For example, you understand water baptism. So you automatically think that you take that revelation and you put it on that text. But if you look at the text in itself, Nicodemus was having a conversation with Jesus and Jesus knew who Rick Nicodemus was. And so he had to use something that he understood so he understood the law and he understood obviously torah he understood the old the history and the law behind everything the, the jewish people did and so he used the text and which is from the prophet ezekiel and it's uh, ezekiel 36 and we're reading from our uh, chapter 36 verse 24 And it says, I will take you from the nations, and I will gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, 
and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness. And from all your idols, I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will put into you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be, um, be careful to obey my rules. Isn't that cool? So we, there in the context of what he is talking about regarding the water, automatically Nicodemus would have known, hey, that's how we have lived our lives as the Jewish people. The cleansing that comes from this whole theology around Ezekiel, that only God, this is God talking to Ezekiel, only God can cleanse you. And so he was saying, Jesus having this conversation, and what he was stating is that you can think your way towards God. You can have as much knowledge as you can. Because we've got a lot of fiopokos in Samoan, I know it alls in the world. Everyone knows everything. I've got teenagers now, so they know everything now. But the thing is that when you come to a place when you actually realize that you don't know anything, which Nicodemus came to, Jesus opened them up by actually saying, you know, if you look back and watch all this thing you studied, but the thing is that you can't cleanse yourself through knowledge. You can't study your way to heaven. You can't build this platform between the void, between you and God. You can't do it. You can't do it through good works or charity. See, Nicodemus really understood. He knew a lot of stuff. But one thing he didn't know is that he was doing it out of his own strength. Because when Jesus approached him and said to him, this text would have highlighted to him. He goes, wait a minute. That's like the, cleans- the cleansing pathway given to the Jewish people. That only God can cleanse you. That God can give you a new heart. That God can actually give you his spirit. And then what happens from there is that in this text, we see him coming to this place of, wow, I understand. Do you know who Nicodemus is? You. You. The person that, man, um, I understand this God thing, but I just don't want anyone to know. I just, I'm just going to just do the undercover Christian thing. I just, I don't, I don't want to put up any Christian posts because people are going to say, ooh, that's quite godly. I don't want anyone to know that I actually want to know more about Jesus. But the longer you stay with him and understand who he is, the more revelation in your life you can have. And then from there, you can understand what it means to be born again. You can understand that you can't save yourself. No person in the room today can save themselves. No money can buy your way to heaven. You can't, have, you can't be a billionaire and buy your way to heaven. It doesn't work like that because only God. And this text in Ezekiel, it's reminding the people through this prophet that only God can cleanse you. And I don't know what your, what your thinking is behind it, but you're probably sitting in this room and going, but I've been doing my best. I've been doing my part. I've been doing this. I've been reading my word. I've been doing this stuff to change my life. But God will say to you this morning, you can't save yourself. Only God can save you. And because he gave the greatest sacrifice in Jesus, his son, we come into right relationship with him. You're probably thinking this morning, but Joe, let me get my life right. No, no, you can't do that. 
just as you are, you come. But Joe, I'm a drug dealer. Just as you are, you come. But no, I'm a prostitute. Just as you are, come. But I'm a businessman. I'm successful. Just as you are, come. You don't get into, I used this when I was doing New Christians many years ago. You don't get into the shower clean. You get into the shower when you're dirty because you want to be cleansed. And that's the same with what we have in this relationship with Jesus. Is that I'm not perfect, but in my imperfection, I can find Him who is perfect. And He's the one that changes me from the inside out. Only He can do it. I've been trying, Joe. I've been trying to be a good person. A good person doesn't get you an entry into heaven. Jesus is the way. We heard about it. He's the gate. You've got to go through Him. Let's all stand to our feet. I know it's a quick uh, word, but uh, I just wanted to encourage you that some of us are trying, uh, trying too hard. Trying too hard. I remember coming to um, Christ, and I went to, I was doing this, I was doing Bible study, I was going to uh, home group, I was doing all this stuff, doing, 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 doing this. I was putting up um, encouraging messages, texting my friends, one of my Nokia, my little Nokia. But the thing is that I was doing all this stuff, doing, 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 doing. But then I realized, no, nah, he's already done it. He's already done it. And you come into this room and you're thinking, but Joe, I'm not good enough. It doesn't matter. If you're good or bad, if you stand right before God, if you say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Once you acknowledge that, the Bible says that's repentance. When you turn the way you're thinking, when you turn from that thinking go, I'm following after Jesus, it's going to be hard because some of my habits have oh, been around for years. That's okay. Bring your habits on the road with you. And along the way, called sanctification, God will deal with it. God will use your mates around you to speak into your life. God will use your family to speak into your life. And in that journey, in your doubt, and in your despair, and in your loneliness, God will make a way. Not you. You cannot clean yourself. It's only Him. But Joe, you don't know my life. I don't know your life, but I do know someone that does, and His name is Jesus. And you're sitting here this morning and you're thinking, that's me, Joe. Oh, man, I want to know him because I thought I was a bad person. I thought God, if I walked into a building, it would burn down. I thought that God didn't love me. Who cares about that right now? That's thinking, thinking. That's the stuff that people put on you. What you need to do this morning is say, God, I want to be obedient. I'm going to step out and go, that's me. I'm going to put my hand out and say, that's me, Joe. I need Jesus. And if that's you this morning and you go, I don't know him, but I want to get to know him. Even in my state, I come dirty. I know that I just need to step into the cleansing nature of who God is, and I'll be made whole. Guess what? It doesn't take a year. It doesn't take a month. It takes a journey. But you've got to start that journey. So if this morning, can I ask every eye closed and every head bowed? We're just going to pray. 
And if that's you and you come in this morning and you don't know who this God is and you're thinking to yourself, oh, I'm not good enough. Guess what? You are good enough when you come into his presence. And if that's you this morning, you don't know him and you want to go, Joe, pray for me because I need to know this Jesus. Just raise your hand now and say, that's me, Joe. That's me. I come with all my stuff. I come with my stuff, but I need him. Awesome. Hand up. Proud. It doesn't make you a coward. It doesn't make you weak. It makes you courageous. Awesome. Awesome. Anyone else? That's awesome. Thank you, Lord. Once you put your hand there, you put it back down again. If you put your hand up, I want you just to, I know you're courageous already because it takes courage to, to do that. I want you to be bold enough just to come to the front. Who cares about who's around you? Just come on down. Okay, come to the front. Yeah, just come. Cool. Awesome, brother. Anyone else? Guess what? Just come as you are. He's going to cleanse you. He's going to cleanse you. He's going to cleanse you. Thank you, Lord. But Joe, you don't know me. You don't know, I don't know you. I actually don't know about your background, but guess what? Jesus knows you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. We get some fun around and we're going to pray. We'll pray together. We can all open our eyes. Cool. Let's give these two a round of applause. Come on. Awesome. Anyone else just come on down and just say, oh, that's me. Uh, I came late, but I'm here. Thank you, Father. I'm going to pray just a blessing over you, and what's going to happen is they're going to just pray with you, okay? Because guess what? That's between you and the Father. Cool. Father, I just want to thank you for cows and for um, Hohepa, Lord God. I just want to thank you that you've got a plan for them. Lord, I thank you that they're not a failure in anything they do, that both of them may have come from different backgrounds, but I guess you knew exactly where they needed to be because the Bible says that you order our steps, Lord God. And God, today we just want to thank you that they are not scared of actually making that step to say, man, cleanse me, Lord. Start this journey with me, Lord. We thank you, God, in Jesus' name. They're going to pray for you guys right here.